The ultimate plan of God is all about family. Discover how God's family plan is limitless. Next, on The Key of David with Gerald Flurry. Greetings, everyone. We have taught for many years what the gospel is. The gospel is the good news of the coming family or kingdom of God. God is a family. Now, He tells us, and the Bible teaches us, that every human being who's ever lived on this earth is going to have a chance to be saved and receive salvation, many of them through resurrections, and that is yet to come, of course. But they will have the opportunity to be born into the family of God. But I, there are, I believe that there are, well, there's just a mind-shattering truth that we need to understand and have not understood, and, and I don't think even we have fully understood it, and at least mostly we do understand it at this time, I verily do believe. But God says that to some degree He's going to repeat what happens in the future after all of God's work is completed on this earth and everybody has become a spirit being that is going to become one that obeys God. But these three scriptures I want to talk to you about today I think strongly indicate that God is going to repeat what He's done on this earth, at least to some degree, throughout all the universe. Let me just read to you a quote from an article I recently wrote. Astronomers say that the universe contains some two to three trillion galaxies. How many stars is that? The best they can figure is a 70 with 21 zeros after it, probably more than the number of grains of sand on earth, and yet God calls the stars all by name. He calls every one of them by name. He certainly has a plan for the future for those stars and those planets, a very, very great future for them. The article here continues, Light travels at the speed of 186,000 miles per second, and the light from the other side of the universe hasn't even reached us yet. These numbers give us some insight into how overwhelmingly vast the universe is. They help us to see what an omnipotent Creator God we have. So, I'm sure that time would be a time like we're going to have in the millennium, where God is going to rule for 1,000 years and make it a, a, just a godly utopia a paradise that this earth has never seen. And I believe God is going to have people grow up, and, and, and God is still going to have to work with carnal-minded people and bring them along to uh, baptism and repentance and conversion. And there will be no Satan around to interfere at all, just like there will not be in the millennium. If you look at Isaiah 35 and verse 1, it says, The earth is going to blossom like a rose. Now, that's what the millennium is going to be like. But that's also what the whole universe is going to be like. And many 
Scriptures tell you that. It's going to become an Eden, a garden of God. That's what the future is going to be. So we will have to help convert those people and teach them the truth, and they will go on from there. But those planets are going to be inhabited. If, if what I'm telling you is true, and I'm going to give you three scriptures that strongly indicate that they are. I want you to look at them and see what you think about them. It's about a royal majesty of the future. Notice Luke 1 and verse 31 through 33. And behold, you shall conceive in your womb, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. And he shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. That means he's going to have a father. It's going to be a father's son. It's going to be a family. God is going to bring us into His family if we're willing to obey Him. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end." No end of his ruling over the house of Jacob forever. The house of Jacob forever, not Israel. Now, how do you explain that? Well, for years I have been wondering why God inspired the word Jacob in this verse instead of Israel. God is going to make mankind become Israel. Everybody's going to become Israel, spiritual Israel, in the future. Many, many prophecies talk about that. But here you have Jacob's name. And Jacob was Israel before he was converted. When Jacob was converted, his name was changed to Israel. Now, Jacob certainly talks about people who are unconverted. What does that mean? Jesus Christ is going to reign over Jacob forever. Now, if Jacob was unconverted, then God is going to be dealing with unconverted people after His plan has finished on this earth. And every person has become a spirit being that is going to become a spirit being. And they will be born into the family of God. So why does God say here that Christ will rule over Jacob forever? Well, I think there are implications here that just about blow you away if you think about this. Doesn't that mean that God is going to be dealing with unconverted people, just like He does in the millennium? Let them grow up, and then they will become converted and become spiritual Israel. Everybody who's ever lived and wants to be a part of that can be a part of it. All people in the future are going to be called Israel. They're going to be a part of Israel. So this will be after God has completed His plan on earth. Now, that's something we certainly need to think about, but if Christ is going to, let's say, make everyone who has ever lived on this earth into spiritual Israel, then why is He telling us in this prophecy that He's going to rule over Jacob forever, over the house of Jacob? 
forever. The unconverted man, until he had his name changed to Israel. So, it seems to me that uh, carnal human beings like Jacob are going to be out there in the future, in the universe, not the earth, on, on the, the vast planets of this universe, and God is going to be teaching them and teaching human beings to become members of the God family forever and ever and ever. If I understand these verses right, and I think I do, and I think you need to look at them yourself, but this is a mind-staggering truth that we need to think about, because this is, I believe, God's ultimate goal. You can check in the New Testament and the Old Testament and see that when it states Jacob here, that's what it means. The house of Jacob, forever Christ will reign over it. What does that mean? He's going to uh, continue expanding His family forever. That's what I think this has to mean. And I'll show you a couple other scriptures that are even stronger than what this one is in that sense. But here, God, you see, is going to be dealing with unconverted people beyond His plan on this earth. Or else, I don't know how you could understand that, that scripture. So, uh, Jesus Christ's death is going to continue to pay for man, uh, men's uh, transgression or transgressions throughout eternity. Notice Isaiah 9, verses 6 and 7. Here's what it says For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Christ is a child, he's a son, and uh, the Father has a son born of a physical woman, Mary. And the government shall be upon His shoulder." And notice what this says. The government is going to be on His shoulder. Of the increase of His government and peace there shall be no end upon the throne of David. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. So, it says, of the increase of His government and peace there's not going to be an end. Now, you don't need a government necessarily in a wilderness where there are no people, but here it's going to be a government that keeps increasing and bringing peace. Well, and there's not going to be any end of it. So that talks like, well, that's, this is what's going to be happening throughout eternity. And that means. God is going to keep recreating Himself through men. If that's certainly, well, to me, that certainly indicates what this verse tells you very clearly that the work of God is going to go on, and He's going to continue to have His government and bring peace into men's lives that only the Spirit of God can bring into them. And they have to receive that at baptism, and then go on from there. But you don't uh, you don't go and have a government and bring peace unless you have inhabitants there, human beings, inhabitants, 
and you bring peace. They, they have to learn how to have peace, and how to have peace in all the, the, the planets of the universe. That's really what God is talking about here, isn't it? Well, I'll tell you this, of all that uh, universe, God is going to use every single inch of it, and you can be sure of that. Here is what we wrote way back in 1974 in the Worldwide Church of God at that time. And here's what it said, God the Father and Jesus Christ are reproducing themselves. They are enlarging their God family. They are begetting sons, real sons, literal members of the God family. That's the purpose of human life. That's the purpose for this earth. And that very well could be the purpose of the entire universe. The entire universe. So we cannot be dogmatic. We are journeying at least in part into the realm of possibility. But I submit to you that maybe we can begin to be more dogmatic about this. That's the way I see it. Now, we've speculated on this in the past, and uh, yet God has revealed more to us since the time of Herbert W. Armstrong. Two other scriptures specifically. So, let's take a look at them very closely, but again it says, "...of the increase of His government and peace there shall be no end." It's just endless growth on the throne of David. Well, that's something to ponder. Is this the ultimate goal of God? After all, we can't limit God. We can't limit God. And he talks about just going on creating families of God throughout the universe and throughout all eternity. If that isn't inspiring, I don't know what is. But I'll tell you, I believe you can prove it from your own Bible. Notice what it says in Revelation 10. I'll read verse 7 to you here. But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, now this is about the little book, and that's seven thunders, and here's what he tells the people that have the little book to do. He said, But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, or it should read, as about to sound, that's the correct reading here of this, it's about to sound, the mystery of God should be finished, or shall have been finished, it should read, as He has declared to His servants the prophets." Now this is a, this is a truly inspiring prophecy. God says, the days of the voice of the seventh angel, that's the seventh angel, it is about to sound the last trumpet. And what is that for? Well, you go on and look at Revelation 11 and verse 15, it says, well, He's going to change the kingdoms of this world into the kingdom of God. It's, it's, it's about to sound when you understand this about the mystery. And we have a book on the Mystery of the Ages, written by Herbert W. Armstrong, and I'll tell you, there's no other book on this earth like it. It's a synopsis of the entire Bible and explains to you what this mystery is. And this world does not know. And they should know, because they're right at the center of it. 
They really ought to know. We all ought to know that. So it's about to sound, and it shall have been finished at this time. But verse 7 really dates this prophecy. It dates it. And then Revelation 10 says, well, okay, there's a connection between the mystery of the ages and that little book. And he says, now you, you people that have the little book, you go out and you prophesy again about that mystery. Because some people have, of God's own church have destroyed it. Well, that teaching, anyhow. They didn't destroy the truth, but they destroyed the teaching in that church. And we fought a six-year court battle to win that mystery of the ages because it meant that much to us. And we even got the copyright of it and 18 other works when we didn't see any possibility of getting any of that when we began. But this mystery means everything to people who believe the Bible. We need to understand what this mystery is and remove the mystery. This, it is a mystery to this world, though, but it's not a mystery to God's very elect. And God says to those people, you have to prophesy again about this mystery, just like it was done in the recent past. That's what it means. So the work must be finished when the seventh trumpet begins to sound. See, that's this is a very important information. Verse 11 says, And he said unto me, You must prophesy again before many peoples, nations, tongues, and kings. This all leads into that fabulous eternity and uh, making the, the uh, universe blossom like a rose. What a time that's going to be, and there's no going to be no end to it. As these verses certainly indicate to me, no end to it. Notice Ephesians 3 and verse 9. Notice what it says here, Ephesians 3 and verse 9, And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world has been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ. So the word fellowship is not a good translation. It, in fact, it's the wrong word. Lang's commentary translates it dispensation, as do some Bible translations. The dispensation of the mystery. Dispensation means to disperse or distribute something, to dispense or distribute the mystery. The Companion Bible also says it's dispensation and adds that fellowship came from the translators actually rendering the wrong Greek word. So, what is God talking about here? Fellowship means to dispense now. So let me give you a quote from my booklet on Prophesy Again. It says, Now look again at that verse. It doesn't just say we should deliver this mystery, something we certainly have been commissioned to do. It says we should make all people understand that this mystery needs to be dispensed or declared to all mankind on the surface that doesn't seem to make sense unless you're taking it out into the universe and to all eternity. Now then it does make sense. I want to give you another important quote here. Ephesians 3 and verse 9 says, All men must see that the mystery of God needs to be declared. All men! 
Think about that statement. God will give all the people of this world a vision like they have never, ever seen before. This is the ultimate vision. Perhaps He wants us to show them that they are going to have to get that mystery out to the universe, and perhaps to other men and women that God will create on other planets, which I think these scriptures strongly indicate and strongly teach to us. Ephesians 3 and verse 9 certainly does allow for that. Is God's mystery going to be dispensed on and on and on, where men elsewhere in the universe will have this mystery revealed to them after they go through some experience like we have on this earth, like being unconverted and then getting baptized and getting converted and receiving God's Holy Spirit so you can understand spiritually? And you have to have the Spirit to understand it. The word dispensation has mind-staggering implications. The mystery must be dispensed or declared to every son who enters God's family. God is just going to keep on teaching and and raising up and, and creating sons of God forever, as I understand these verses. How can you understand them any differently? It is truly something that is just uh, astounding and mind-shattering to, to our thinking when you, when you think deeply about this. This is something that is indeed the ultimate plan of God, as I see it. So it says in Ephesians 3 and verse 9, which from the beginning of the world has been hid in God, hidden from the ages eons and eons of time. It was hidden in God's mind. The angel didn't know anything about it because, well, they weren't able to, uh, do, the, to uh, do the job God gave them, so He had to recreate Himself in man. And now, even today, most men have never known what this mystery is. They've never known it. And it's still, in, in that sense, hidden in God's mind and in His very elect today, eons and eons of time. Lang's commentary says, since there were men and angels, it has been revealed to none of them, that is, until God's very elect and some of the, or some prophets in the Old Testament. Of course, it was revealed then. But I'll tell you, the, the, there is a little flock that understands this. That's exactly what this verse is saying. At the time God created them, the angels did not understand that He was going to recreate Himself in humans if His plan with the angels failed. He was going to recreate Himself in man because He could only trust Himself to rule the universe. If that isn't a mind-staggering vision for the mind of man, I don't know what could be more important? You need to write for a book on the incredible human potential. It is just mind-boggling what God has in future for man. This Ephesians 3 and verse 9 is just something we must understand, and you could look at Colossians 3 and verse 1. And I'll just read this, I think I have time. If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. 
set your affections on things above. It's repeated twice here. Set your affections on things above. The mystery was taught once, and then it was thrown aside and cast to the ground. Then God says, okay, prophesy again. And here it tells you, well, set your affection on things above once, set your affection on things above twice. God wants us to get our minds up there and see what the potential, our incredible human potential is. Until next week, this is Gerald Flurry. Goodbye, friends. The ultimate plan of God is all about family. Discover how God's family plan is limitless. God commands His church in this end time to declare the mystery to the whole world. Request Gerald Flurry's free booklet, Prophesy Again, to discover a church commission beyond what our human minds can fully comprehend. The purpose of God's church is staggeringly remarkable, and it includes all mankind. The deep mysteries of God's truth must be taught to every person ever created, past, present, and future. Students of God's Word will become teachers for new students. It certainly appears that God will keep expanding His family throughout the universe forever. Jesus Christ came to earth to declare His Father the central focus of the true gospel message. Request Gerald Flurry's free book, The God Family Vision, to understand the only message that will fill you with hope. It is the true gospel that mankind has never understood. It is also about bringing God's government and peace to the whole universe. As far as humans can tell, the universe is limitless. So is God's family plan. You will also receive a free copy of our book, The Incredible Human Potential. You are a paradox. Your potential is infinitely greater than you know, yet your present life is less important than you suppose. How can this be possible? Humans live and die like the animals, but only we can have a hope that transcends death. The truth about your potential was hidden for almost 2,000 years. Now you can understand. Study the incredible human potential to grasp the awesome purpose of human life. It's all about family, physical family, and the God family. All our literature is available free of charge, at no cost or obligation to you. Request Prophesy Again, The God Family Vision, and The Incredible Human Potential. Order now. For the free literature, call toll-free 1-800-339-7629. For the free literature, call toll-free 1-800-339-7629. All our literature is available free of charge, at no cost or obligation to you. Request Prophesy Again, The God Family Vision, and The Incredible Human Potential. Order now. For the free literature, call toll-free 1-800-339-7629.
For the free literature, call toll-free 1-800-339-7629. The preceding program was a paid presentation of the Key of David, brought to you by the Philadelphia Church of God.